This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time the Babysitter's Club What are we what are we doing? Recording our hit podcast, The Babysitters Club Mystery Club. Club. My name is Tanner Greenring. My name is Jack Shepard. This week we read a book called Dawn and the Disappearing Dogs. Dong and the Babysitters Club Mystery <laughs> number seven. seven. Dong and the Disappearing Dongs. Dog and the Disappearing Dogs. I think that's what it's called. By Dong M. Martin. <laughs> yep. I love the efficiency with which we're getting through this. Do you think, it's because we normally we do like a, you know, just talking about our day, chit-chatting about stuff before we yeah. introduce the show. Right. Do you think that we have enough in Dong and the Disappearing Dongs as a, as a joke, as a concept to last us? Until we get to like the recaps in like ten minutes. Yeah. Do you think we got ten minutes of material in there? Because it feels like a great. I think we do. I think it's a great start. Tell me about your day, man. What'd you get up to? No, I, I worked. I, I followed my boy around in the park, and I read this book, and then I read a little sister book for our Patreon. Yeah. I worked uh, full day. Then I got a quick drink with PJ. Mm-hmm. And now here I am. I turned down a quick drink with Scott because I was too busy working. And then came home, mm-hmm. had some dinner with the wife, the okay. missus. Mm-hmm. Jamie? And Yep. And now I'm recording with you. Great. Could the, Full uh, day. I was thinking maybe more, like more, vaguely more interesting. Okay. I'm going to play D&D with our friends all day tomorrow. No, 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 no. Very uninteresting. Um, let's let's get back to Dong and the Disappearing Dogs. Okay. Because there is something I want to get to the bottom of. Yeah. Is where sooner the, rather than later. Where'd all those dongs get to? Yeah. That's and why part of it. and why is Dong so worried about it? Dawn and the disappearing <laughs> dongs. <laughs> is that what you just typed in? Series, the Babysitter's Club Mystery, number and series, number seven. Mm-hmm. Author, Anna Martin, comma, Ellen Miles. Cover what? art by Dan Brown. Dong Brown. <laughs> Did you say dong dong? <laughs> dong <laughs> brown. <laughs> um, yeah, that's weird. We talked about it a little bit last week. Um, and so I looked a little bit more into it. Not much. He does next week's book as well. Yeah. And then he just... It. Disappears off the face of the planet, spends the next 10 years writing the Robert Langdon fucking runs around in an art gallery books. Right. Very surprising. Did Very you, surprising. Did you dig into this guy at all anymore? I haven't. But so there are two questions. There are two mysteries. One mystery okay. is, wh- why did, who is Dan Brown? What? What is Dan Brown? And then the second question that's just as mysterious and surprising is what happened to Hodges? What, what happened, happened to Hodges? Hodges? Yeah. And hmm. where did Hodges go? He does every single cover of every single book, but then he's like, oh, I'm not doing the dongs one. I wouldn't. I couldn't. 
I couldn't do one about disappearing dogs. That's a bridge too far. You're going to disappear some dogs? Get Dan Brown to do it. Yeah. Says Hodges. Yeah. I just can't get, I can't find this guy. No, he's nowhere. Huh? I just can't find this guy on the internet. Hmm. Very surprising. Or I can find him everywhere I look. It's hard to say for sure. Yeah, he's everywhere. There's apparently a lot of Dan Brown painters out there. Hmm. This book should be called Dan and the Disappearing Browns. That would be confusing, wouldn't it? That would be confusing, I think, <laughs> for a lot of readers, but it makes sense to me. Yes. And it makes sense for the context of this podcast. Yes. So, we'll write from him a letter. when we publish the episode, we'll, we'll title it... Dan and the Disappearing Browns. B-S-E-M-C-007, Dan and the Disappearing Browns. Or maybe right. Dong and the Disappearing Browns. Yeah. Do you think that it's interesting that the Browns went to Baltimore and they became the Ravens, and then huh. Cleveland got an expansion team, and they named that expansion team the Browns? So when you think about it, are the Browns the Browns or are the Ravens the Browns? Right. Huh. Wow. Hmm. I think about that a lot. It's kind of like when the um, Charlotte Hornets went to New Orleans. Hmm. And became the Pelicans. Became the Pelicans, and then they started a new expansion team in Charlotte called the Charlotte Hornets. And it's like, well, there you who's go. the Charlotte Hornets? It's the, literally the like the Pelicans that. or the Hornets. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Do you remember when the Minnesota North Stars went to Dallas? No, and they're like, and now they're the Dallas Stars, and they're like, well, it doesn't make sense to call us the North Stars anymore. No. Let's just call us the Stars. Well, and they're, they're still and there, and they're still called the Stars. Mm. And now Minnesota has the Wild, which doesn't make any sense. No, that makes no sense. You're from Minnesota. How wild is it out there? Not, Zero. Not. Zero. Well, look, I just don't know about Although, any of this. I just, yeah. I got to say something about Minnesota. Okay. If you believe true crime podcasts and If you believe shows, in life after love, after love. Okay. Mm hmm. If you believe true crime shows and podcasts, yeah, which I do, you would you would think and and Quentin Tarantino movies from the that wasn't a Quentin Tarantino movie, was it? What no. Fargo? No, it's it's about Coen Brothers, Dakota, maybe. But you would think that the Minnesota area yeah. has more crime than it does, but in mm -hmm. my experience, it's not actually that crime crime heavy it's not not crimey i think is the technical term it's not that crimey but yeah. like i think that netflix show making a murderer took place in minnesota huh. and i think that podcast up and vanished took a place in minnesota so it's not that bad there hmm. some people do die from occasionally yeah. from crimes and they tend to go unsolved but that's just because our cops are lazy yeah okay well that's great um the, the lazy cops is going to be a theme of this discussion Oh, yeah. <laughs> Today. I was setting it up. Yeah, good. It seems like you did. Yeah. So, Minnesota, any if any of uh, Minnesota's finest is listening to this, uh, yeah. sorry Tanner called you lazy, but that sounds I like mean, sorry that's every, the official stance of this podcast. So. Sorry every true crime show and podcast calls you lazy. Yeah. And also, why are you listening to a Babysitter's Club podcast instead of solving crimes? Go out and solve some crimes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. And the Stony Brook Police... Don't look so great in this book. And that's not our fault. We didn't write the book. We just read them. And it looks like Anne and Dan and Ellen have uh, an axe to grind against uh, the boys and girls in blue over in Stony Brook and adjacent New Hope who do a bad job and solve no crimes this week. What did they do to you? Yeah, what Anne? did they do to you, Anne? The police. Yeah. 
Um, so let's talk about it. They they got some dogs and they took them all and they got rid of them and they stole them and they hit them and they disappeared this week. Them. Yep. Mm-hmm. They disappeared them. Whew. It was a crime. It was a compelling book. It was uh, gripping. Yeah. I was gripped the entire time. I, I did gripped. the thing where it's like I wanted to be able to read faster mm-hmm. so that I could discover the- Who, d- who got the dogs. The secret quicker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that ever happen to you when you're reading a yeah. compelling yeah. mystery book? Yeah, yeah. It's like I just want to read faster. I need to know who did this. Yeah. Um, this is the biggest and worst and most dangerous criminal mastermind that we have had in the Sitterverse since probably like the Phantom phone call. The Phantom masturbator. Yeah. Or maybe the gu- the guy who got Tigger, except he didn't do that crime. Yeah. Got Tigger. I don't know what you're talking about there. Remember but... when Tigger got taken? Because yeah, I... he was just taken by like a local hired thug. It was Carrie Bruno who got him. Carrie or Hunter, right? Got Tigger. But didn't they also hire someone to do the stealing? There was this. Well, no one stole Tigger except Carrie Bruno, right? But there was a bad boy. There though, was a bad boy who was like extorting people. Who was extorting people? Right. Um, that's that's a crime extortion yeah and well and it seems like i'm sure they're part of the syndicate of who who stole this dog there was the time christy burned that man alive yeah christy burned the man alive that's a crime is it a crime if you never get caught i mean it's it's immoral well there was the time that stacy and those girls um did all that alcohol smuggling that cross state lines alcohol smuggling ring that Stacy right. and the crime girls were involved in. Right. By state, I mean you for me concert. And by alcohol, I mean wine. I mean, I guess, how are you, like, you're the one who brought this up as the worst crime. Yeah. And I guess it's on you to then specify how what your criteria is. Okay. For... Here's how I would list crimes. Let's think about this. In order of how bad crimes are, if I could make the laws. If Victimless? I'm... No, all crimes. No, I'm saying I'm saying if your crime, if the crime you committed is victimless, yeah, it's low on the severity list. Yeah, no, so that's why I put murder at the worst. That's the bad, very bad. Well, hmm. let's think about that. Okay, because once you've killed someone, oh, there is no victim. Okay, they no longer exist. Right. So that you did you did something to no one. Right. Okay. So we'll take that off the list. All right. So, so I'm that's gonna put, a reset. I'm going to say number one is burning a man. So, you know what? If you're going to hurt someone very badly, yeah. you may as well follow through mm. and kill them because... Right. Reset. Reset. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. So, we're, we, are we agreed that the worst crime is burning a man? Yes. Okay. Second worst... To me, it's between phantom phone calls and stealing dogs. Yeah. And I think I kind of, it's very difficult for me to know which, because which would you rather have? You would, if, if, so, which you would be, here's the thing, angry. If I came to your house and cranked my hog in your room and made a bunch of, again, heavy breathing phone calls. Yeah. You'd be angry, but it wouldn't end our friendship. If I came to your house and I stole your dog, Hercules. Yeah. Fear you'd be, it would be, I'd be I, pretty upset. It might be a, it might be the end. We'd have right. to at least pause the podcast for a while. Even if you came into my home and cranked your hog again in my home and stole some jewels. Yeah. I don't right. feel like that would be as bad as you Stealing coming your into dog. my house, 
cranking your hog yeah. and then stealing my dog. That's why you often say, as you often do, you can crank your hog, but you can't steal my dog. We have it on like a <laughs> embroidered. It's beautiful, yeah. Like hanging by the front door. Yeah, it's really lovely. Did you? It's like a cross stitch, right? Yeah, and then, but we do specify. People are like, "Oh, this is lovely." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good sentiment." But we actually actually ask that you it's, not crank your hog. It is the house rules. If you can help it, yeah, we prefer you didn't crank. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but absolutely don't steal the dog. But absolutely do not steal the dog. That's hard and fast, right? Um, yeah, that's really nice. Well, you know what you can do, and I was going to ask you if you do this with your dog Hercules. Um, I'll read you a brief passage from this novel. After that, Charlotte took Carrot's, that's her dog, took Carrot's brush and combed all his hair the wrong way. Stacy was mystified. Why are you doing that? She asked. She knew Charlotte must have a reason, and she couldn't wait to hear it. So he doesn't look as handsome, and people will be less likely to steal him. Is, do you guys do that with Hercules? We don't need to. No? No. He's a very ugly dog. Because he's ugly. (laughs) (laughs) If Jamie hears this, hears me saying this, is she going to be upset with me? No. She has a very ugly dog. He's cute ugly. And that's why I asked it, because I thought it was funny to ask, because you wouldn't need to do that. Because your dog's very ugly. (laughs) He's cute ugly. Here's a Brooklyn thing that I think most of our non-Brooklyn listeners are going to find extremely obnoxious. Mm. But it's a conspiracy, and it runs deep. Two summers ago... Yeah. There was a rash of dog thefts. Oh, really? In our neighborhood. Huh. People would tie their dogs up outside of like the grocery store, or outside of bars, and mm-hmm. they would go missing. Oh, so it's from this book. And there was a lot of missing posters up around huh. the neighborhood. Huh. And then suddenly, and this is the part that people are going to find obnoxious, mm. this company came in and started putting these rental dog houses outside of every bar and every grocery store hmm. where you sign up for a subscription, a yearly subscription, and there's a little air-conditioned like pet oasis that when you go into the grocery store, you put your dog in it, and it's secure, it locks, it's, hmm. it's air-conditioned, and the dog is safe and sound. That is very Brooklyn. And it, the two things coincided perfectly. Oh, no. And once the... the the little pet spot i can't remember what they're called and even if i could i wouldn't would not endorse give them the free advertisement yeah once those were in the the dog thefts miraculously seemed to have stopped wow is this a is this your true crime podcast now i think this is my true crime podcast i think all these these rumors and all these signs that were going up everywhere wow were they all like similar like viral marketing like a good like dog Left outside grocery store in non-air conditioned, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unsecure, <free>. yeah, <laughs> location stolen by notorious. Guess you dog pay thieves. for what you get in this neighborhood, <laughs> huh? Wow, that's a good conspiracy theory, Tanner. This is a novel about a dong and a number of disappearing dongs, and I would love to get to the bottom of how they disappeared, who stole them, why they stole them, where they went, how they got rescued, stolen, rescued, and what the book is about. Okay. Um, and I was thinking I would do it via... So in the past with mysteries, and I'm just going to be straight with you guys, in the who, past... Who's you guys? The listeners. Okay. Don't address them. They can't respond. Okay. Well, I'm going to I'm talk to me. I'm Tanner, here. Tanner, can I be straight with our listeners now? Tanner? 
I guess it kind of depends on what you're going to say. Okay. Do you want to pause and tell me what you're going to? No. Do you want to pause and tell me what you're going to tell them? No. I want to. I want to just kind of come out with it. Okay, but I reserve the right to heavily bleep it. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. With mist. So back in the olden days, in the olden times. Yeah. I would just talk about my cousin a lot. Then Pip. that was Pip. Pip. A long time ago. And then in the olden times, not quite so long ago, but for a very long time, I would painstakingly write descriptions for these books. And I would take a lot of time and effort to write them. And it was... Wow, that f- took you a lot of time and effort. Fun, but also a chore. Okay. And then in the recent past, I'm you- going to bleep the thing that you said about it taking you a lot of time and effort because I feel like that's going to... Okay. That's kind of embarrassing for you. What? Why don't you just bleep the words time and effort so it says it took me a lot of bleep and bleep. Yeah. And then on our Patreon show, $5 a month, patreon.com slash BSCC podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please fucking do. Uh, We sing those descriptions, and that's great. We sing them every week. So if you're not a subscriber, you should be, because we literally come up with a custom song every week. And it's good, and people like it, and I like it, and that's fun. Someone today said that they wish that one of the songs I sang was their ringtone. Someone today said that they went into a rage when you talked over my song because they liked right. my song so much and they didn't. I like, hey, over. listener, yeah. I like Travis too, okay. just as much as you do. Okay. That's so, it. okay. I'm not taking the bait on that. But now, fast forward to the mysteries and let's be honest. What we seem to have done is we don't spend a lot of effort and someone finds, tends to find, like a movie or a book or something that is similar yeah. to the book that we read, but not the book that we read, and then just kind of right. changes the names. And I don't want to do that anymore. You're done with that. No, I want... I. This is. It's a very easy. Boutique, yeah, but this is a boutique podcast for... It makes life so much easier. I know, but we owe it to our listeners to work a little bit harder than that, because that's lazy. Let's just be honest that that's lazy. Okay. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to say that and we already so, do so much for them for on this feed yeah. for free. Yeah. Well, this week I spent a lot of time and I really th- fucking thought this through, and I am going back to where I spend a lot of time and effort and craft, honestly, craft. And I'm going to describe this novel, and then we'll have you do it. I'll put a sixty seconds on a big bad clock. We'll have you on a sorry and on a mysterious clock. Right. We'll have you describe it. And we're going to get back to the old ways. We're going to get back to working hard. Okay, okay? man. But you're, this, you know what the other part of the old ways was? What? You did it every week. No, we take it in turns. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. That's what I happened. didn't agree to this. You, well, you're in it. So, you ready? Yes. Okay. I'm going to describe this novel. We'll do some music. I'm going to begin. I did that. it for, for several weeks, too, with the super specials. Yeah, I said that. I said that. You ready? And the su- the super specials were tougher. So you did like 131 ish episodes where you wrote the description. Yeah, but the super specials were tougher reads, longer reads, mm-hmm. and I think exponentially more difficult. So the 15 I did, no, I think probably equals out to about. 20. I would say they were 20. five it times equals out to about 20. I would say they were five times harder. So what's 15 times five? I would say they were 10 times harder. They're ten times harder. So one hundred and fifty. Ma- it's like I did. Is easier. I. It's like I did one hundred and fifty episodes. Okay. Great. Okay. I don't think so. But 
Anyway, we're back, and I'm doing the hard work again, so I'll appreciate if you just sit down and listen, and we'll put some music on, and I'm going to do it. Okay? Yeah. Ready? I'm going to begin now. Legendary assassin Dawn Schaefer retired from her violent career after marrying the love of her life, whose sudden death leaves Dawn in deep Jack, it's just John Wick. What? You're just doing John Wick. Uh Uh-uh. No, I'm not. I no, I'm not. I just fucking. I spent like five minutes explaining that I'm not. Can you let me do this? I'm not. It's I. It sounds a lot like John Wick so far. So does this book. Okay, that that's true. What, there, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt on this one, and I'm gonna let you finish. Yes, but I'm just saying right now. Yeah. This far in. Yeah. It sounds a lot like well, John Wick. When, we, when I get to the end of it, you're gonna feel like a fucking idiot. Okay. Okay. I won't again. interrupt again. I'm just going to let don't. you go. I'm going to start again. Okay. Legendary assassin Dawn Schaefer retired from her violent career after marrying the love of her life, whose sudden death leaves Dawn in deep mourning. When a sadistic mobster named Carl Tate and his thugs steal the puppy that was a last gift from her lover, Dawn unleashes the remorseless killing machine within and seeks vengeance. Meanwhile, Chrissy Thomas and Bart Taylor combine their peewee baseball teams, the Bashers and the Crushers, into a super team called the Crashers to face off against some kids from New Hope. Dawn and the Disappearing Dogs. Did that happen in John Wick, Tanner? Christy and fucking Bart combine the Crushers and the Bashers to be the Crashers? No. I stand corrected. That did not happen in John Wick. Okay, so you feel like an idiot. I feel like an idiot. Yeah. Did you and I see John Wick together? I don't know, but I fucking love... No, you know what? I saw it by myself. I think I went and saw it with my friend Jim. I snuck out of work early one day. Yeah. And went and saw it with my friend Jim. And we went and saw it in, oh, I remember it very clearly. We went and saw it in 4DX. Oh, that's awesome. Which is a thing that I hope every state in this nation has. <laughs> but we definitely have it in New York. And if you yeah. don't have it where you are, I encourage you to fly to New York and do it here. <laughs> because it's a movie where you sit in chairs that move and they spray stink at you and spray water. Oh yeah. You and I have seen some films that way. Yeah. And sometimes when you're We saw that movie with um, the rock San Andreas that way. Yeah. San Andreas. We dragged (laughs) like all of our friends to that. And they were just like, we paid $40 for these tickets. (laughs) Um, The thing I remember about John wick is sometimes when John wick would kick someone in the back. Yeah. Uh, something in the chair would punch you very hard. So good. That <laughs> sounds awesome. I saw it by myself. This was before we had the child. And I think, I can't remember the exact cir- circumstances of it, but it was probably something like, like it came out and I hadn't heard of it. And I saw the trailer for it and like came home and was like, Sarah, uh, I didn't know this happened, but there's a movie and it's got Keanu Reeves in it. And it's about someone kills his dog. And then he kills literally everyone in the entire world with karate and many guns yeah and she was like and and what and i was like i guess i'm going to see it by myself goodbye she was like yeah see you later <laughs> um it is very good it's filmed not in my neighborhood but in brooklyn yeah near my neighborhood yeah i won't i won't get any it's filmed at something we call the navy yards okay, okay. what do we call is that what we call navy it? yard okay good i don't know why we're talking about john wick i guess so anyway, well oh, you oh. know what i'm realizing 
John Similar. Wick, it's about someone who like gets the main character's dog. And it's tangentially similar to this. Third I'm one's coming out, so it's kind of it's viral marketing too. Yeah, yeah. Third yeah. one's on the way out. Mm-hmm. Second one is good too. the The whole fucking thing is great. I love that it exists. Yeah. Um, I think I actually kind of like the second one more than the first one. No, is that's that fucked up. That's a bad take. That's stupid and bad. That's a bad take. Um, the, the second, second one's, one's very good. It's fucking fantastic, but that's a bad take, and I'm embarrassed for you. I'm gonna put. I have this uh, mystery clock. Okay. Do you know that? Do you know that I have a mystery clock? Did you notice, dude? Dude, my fucking first rodeo, man. Yeah, dude, I know you have a mystery clock. Did you fucking notice that Claudia has a fucking big bad clock in this book? No. Let me read you this passage. That's okay," said Christy. "You're not really late. It's just five thirty now." She pointed to Claudia's digital clock. I guess Claudia's clock could be called the official timepiece of the BSC. It's fairly important to us. Right. Anne's just thumbing her fucking nose at us. Well, and I think like it's an homage, right? Like Anne knows that we, you specifically, own yeah. several now clocks. I've got a big bad clock. I've got a, a varying fucking sizes, mis- very mysterious clock. Right. Yeah. You've got the small good clock. Yeah. For special which I can't occasions. remember what we use that one for. I guess maybe the old little sister episodes. It's, right? it's when you've been good, which right. is almost never. And then what did we do for the... And then I just Googled 90-second timer. Oh, yeah. Which I guess kind of is... We hang we hung that one up in the rafters. Yeah. And Anne, I think, is just saying, like, I see you, boys. I see, I see how you. doing your thing. I appreciate that. All right. I'm going to have you describe this novel and put 60 seconds on this. Oh, I really have to do that? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Ugh. I thought you were bluffing. Gather yourself. Nobody even knows where the dogs went yet. I like that about it. It's a mystery. Right. You know what's fucking great is when we fucking, we just like dispense with introducing ourselves. Oh, no, we said it. We did it. I know. We just did it so fast. So we can just Does Anne have whatever. epithets now? Because I don't think we've no, done nothing. that. No, nothing. It's just Anne. Just Anne. It's just Anne. Okay. Okay. You ready? Yes. Okay. I am putting 60 seconds on this mysterious clock beginning now. Okay. <clears throat> um... So, in this book, uh, the party was nice, and the party was pumping. Uh, Yippee-a-yo. And everyone was having a ball. Yippee-a-yo. Uh, and tell the fellas, stop the name Colin. Okay. Yippee-a-yo. Okay. And then the girls responded to the call. Okay. And I hear the woman, I guess it would be Dawn in this situation, shout out. Yeah. Okay. Who let the dogs out? Hey, Tanner, can woof, I stop woof, you? Woof, 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 woof. Can I stop you? Tanner? A doggy is nothing if you don't have a bone. All doggy okay. hold it. A doggy is nothing you? if you don't have a bone. All doggy hold it. Sorry, I know you're in in the throes of it. I was wondering if I could stop you just for a second. How many? It, how many? Do you, are you going to stop the timer too? Because I feel like I yeah. if if I was a dog, the party is on. No, no, no I'll stop. I get my the, groove no, no, on. It's okay. I've stopped the timer. Okay. Um, here's my problem. Yeah. And why I stopped this? I wouldn't do it for just any reason. Okay. Um, it sounds like instead of describing this book, you're just saying the lyrics of Who Let the Dogs Out by the Baja Men. And here's what I'm going to say to you before you get defensive, Tanner, because I can see you already. It looks like you're getting defensive. Here's what I'm going to say to you. It's a good question. And it's a good question. And it's a salient question. It is the It is the central question of this novel. Who let the fucking dogs out? That's actually what I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say that my description does sound 
a little like the the a lot lyrics to exactly. Bahamans who let the dogs out. Yeah, but mm. there's a lot of overlap between the two texts. No, that's not true. There because is the, you know what the mystery of this book is, and this is a Babysitters Club mystery. Keep in mind. Yeah. The key mystery is who in Stony Brook is letting all these dogs out. I think the mystery is more who took the dogs. Me and my white tail. Because we know. No, no, no. no. Short coat. Okay. Can't see no color. Okay. Any color will do. I'll stick on you. That's why they call me Pitbull. Because I'm the man of the land. When they see me, they say, ooh. Yeah. Okay. That That's unhelpful. And what I think is true is that. We need to know who let the dogs out, but I think we do know who let the dogs out. It was Dawn. Dawn? Dawn. Dawn. Dawn didn't let any dogs out. It was... um... She let the Mancusi's dogs out, and we would know this if you would describe this book in good faith. Do you want me to do it for real? Yes. I would like that a lot. So here's what I'm going to do. I have this mysterious clock. Okay. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put 60 seconds on it, and this time you're going to say who... Actually, you're going to tell us... Not only who let the dogs out, but who uh, who took them. I don't remember the guy's name. Carl Tate. Carl Tate took yeah. them. Are you saying taint? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this mystery clock, mysterious yes. clock. And you're going to tell me who let the dogs out, who took them, and how they came back. Okay. You ready? Yep. Okay, go. Here's who took the dog. Here's who let the dogs out. Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> and David Michael. Uh-huh. And others, but those are the two we know about. Here's who took the dog. Carl Tate. F- billionaire philanthropist. Tech mogul. <clears throat> Real estate mogul. Not tech mogul. Real estate mogul. And the people who run the new pet store, not the old pet store in Stony Brook. What was the other question? No, just describe this book. Okay, so <laughs> Dawn is babysitting, pet sitting for the Mancusis. She lets Cheryl, the, the Great Dane, out into the backyard. And when she goes to check on Cheryl, she's gone. And then other dogs start disappearing. I only have 10 seconds left. Oh, shit. Uh, Shannon disappears too, and then they uh, there's a baseball game, and they find Shannon and Cheryl in the next town over, and they call the cops, and it turns out that it was a rack time. Okay. Do you feel like you did a good job? No, but I was trying to answer the questions you asked me to answer. Right. Yeah. Is that a good way of describing this novel? No, I didn't think so either. But <laughs> you you said so. You want to put this on me. Yeah, because you said here. Here's you the, what your I want. First, your, you had one. You said up, you I had three w- questions, and I want an answer from you for each of them. And you then had, I t- I spent some time thinking of that and trying to come up with answers for you. You had what opportunity to describe this novel, and you did the lyrics to "Who Let the Dogs Out." It sounded like that, yes. And then you had a second chance, and what you did was mulled over my this is the first time in history that you've listened to me and and thought seriously about the questions i've asked you first time in fucking history and that's when you decide to do it when you're on a fucking timer on a mysterious timer i wanted to answer your questions because you asked and i thought like you were stepping in for baby nation because they would want to know they do want to know who let the fucking dogs out listen the mancusis are in this book dawn let the dogs out (laughs) that's the answer David Michael. Don and David Michael let the dogs out. The, um, Don is babysitting for the Mancusis, and 
Uh, She's have, dog sitting for the Mancusis. They don't have children, Jack. Pets, pet sitting for the Mancusis. We know that from Jesse Ramsey, pet sitter. That's what you do for the Mancusis. You pet sit. They have so many pets. They're hoarders. They have an Island of Dr. Moreau style situation where they're, they're raising them. these crazy hybrid dog people type animals. And, and you're, you're, I know what you're thinking, Baby Nation. You're thinking, oh, is there some kind of weird animal sex thing happening there Mm. and the answer is no Mm. but Mm. weird animal sex does come up in this book does it yeah it bookends the book chapter one okay do i sound like a nut this is dawn do i sound like a nut i'm not this is the this is the end of the first paragraph of chapter one really i'm just a normal Nice, 13-year-old girl. My name is Don Schaefer. I'm in the 8th grade at Stony Brook Middle School. I live in Stony Brook, Connecticut. I have long blonde hair and blue eyes, and I do all the things that nice, normal 13-year-old girls do, except I don't kiss cats. Okay. And she says that right at the top of the book. Just like Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. It's like, yeah. (laughs) But if you have to specify... (laughs) Yeah. Without any context. Like, no one asked, Don. Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody asked. And she really hits it hard. Yeah. You know? And then it takes her all, the entire book, and here's the, here's the closing lines of the book. Mm-hmm. Literally the last words of the book. Yeah. Want to stop by the pet store, I asked Marianne. Mm-hmm. The old one, I mean. Mm-hmm. Sure, Marianne said. But why do you want to go? To buy a treat for Tigger, I told her. And then we'll go home and give it to him. And I might even let him kiss me. You know what that's like? What? It's like Julia Roberts, a pretty woman at the yeah. end. <laughs> she kisses what's his face. She does kiss him with Richard Gere. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, so look, there's some weird animal... There's some stuff in fornication. there. Fornication. Will, I will give you that. That's not how I would describe it. Um, that's not the word I would use to describe it, but I will give you that. Let's just give the... Um, Mystery Nation, a little bit of a taste of what happened in this book before we take a quick break. The Mancusis hire Dawn to pet sit. While she's pet sitting, one of their dogs just dis-fucking-peers. Cheryl. Cheryl disappears. Uh, Dawn feels really bad about it. The Mancusis are heartbroken. And then... But she sees this like weird fucking car driving around. Green car. Green car, and it looks like the green the people in the green car are like overly interested in her walking these dogs. And then David Michael uh, does the same same exact situation. He lets Shannon out, ties her to a post, and goes inside to get a ball that he bought for her. And then Shannon fucking disappears. Holy shit! There's a dog thief. It's an international dog thief. Dogs are being stolen from all around. Meanwhile, there's a new pet store in town and the babysitters get on the case and they go to the police and they give the license plate number of the green car and the police don't follow up on the lead yes um but eventually they do and they find out that the car belongs to the biggest millionaire in stony brook this guy carl tate who's a tech entrepreneur and a a billionaire and real estate real estate and they're like oh well it can't be him because he's a rich man, and therefore he is exempt from our scrutiny. Right. Uh, hello, uh, entrenched <laughs> systems of oppression. Tell me about it. <laughs> Thank you. And then 
it turns out Carl Tate did do it, and he was losing all his money in the real estate industry, and he had worked with the crooked owners of the pet store to steal people's dogs and have the pet store sell them at premium prices right. so that he could try to recoup some of his losses. The end, end of story. And then Dawn is an animal hater at the beginning, and she loves animals at the end, and she kisses Makes love to animals. Yes. Um, this real estate entrepreneur yeah. was out hundreds of thousands, possibly even millions of dollars. Yeah, what's his name again? Carl Tate. Are you saying taint? Carl Taint? <laughs> Carl Tate mm. decided that he would recoup these millions by stealing and reselling hundreds of dollars worth of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the one lady they fight. Like, so the, the B plot is that the Crutchers and the Bashers form a super team called the Crashers to play this team from New Hope. And so they go to it gives them an excuse to go to a neighboring town and they they see Dawn and Marianne are in the stands and they see someone walking the Mancusa's dog, Cheryl, and they run after her. And like, and that's how basically how they crack the case. They call the cops, and this lady who's walking the dog is like, "Oh, no, I bought it from the pet store in Stony Brook," and that's how they figure it out. I went to the store and said, "I'm in the market for a Great Dane. Money yeah. is no object." Yeah, and they said, "Give us one week to st- uh, source <laughs> a Great Dane," and they did. Those and I, it fools. was no questions asked. <laughs> yeah. Morons. Okay. Everyone's a moron on this book. Tanner, I think we should take a quick break. I think we should do. Okay. All right. I'm um, goodbye. Mystery. We're back. Where do we go from here? That's the question because I feel like we were let down by the police this week. Okay. There's a dog thief, and we've so agreed. You're that- like you're headed in like an NWA sort of direction. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go. I don't want to go that far. But that's what you're thinking. They did a bad job. Here, what, here's what I wrote. I wrote, fuck I this. I wrote, fuck. I'm going to say it. I'm just going to fucking say police. it. No, I wrote, fuck the Stony Brook police. <laughs> just like the NWA song. Yeah, it's a lot. That's like what the, they said, too. Yeah. Can, fuck me, the Stony Brook police. And I want to be careful. You know, I want to be careful. In how I talk about this, because I know it's a sensitive issue. And I'm sure that not all the Stony Brook police officers are bad. We may have listeners in the law enforcement world, and I would hate to alienate it. Thank you them. for what you do. And you're probably doing a good job unless you live in Minnesota. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, exactly. Where it's fucking full of true crime. Right. Let me read you this passage. Dawn fucking cracks the case wide open early on. She finds yeah. the car. Oh, a green car was driving by slower than the cars usually drive. I bet they did the dog crimes, she says. Yes. And she's a 13-year-old girl. Right. And then, guess what fucking happens? This 13-year-old girl marches into the Stony Brook police station and says, I saw a car driving slower than the cars normally drive. I'm a 13-year-old girl. I think they did the dog crimes. Do they take her seriously? No, not at all. Here's what they say. Oh, right, he said. You're the girl who takes down license plate numbers. He turned another page in his magazine. Did you check on that one I gave you, I asked, trying to ignore his attitude. As a matter of fact, I did, he said. And I hate to tell you this, but you're barking up the wrong tree. 
He paused as if checking to see whether we'd gotten his little joke. Is this a joke to you, sir? Yeah. Is this a joke to Is you? Is this a joke to you? And then it turns out it was the that was who did the crime. It was Carl Tate. Driving I gave in a him a tiny smile. I didn't think he was being funny at all. Who owns the car, I asked. Carl Tate. Carl Tate. Said the officer with a smug smile on his face. I am almost certain mm. that you're not supposed to tell someone that. Oh, yeah. That's probably <laughs> true as well. Yeah, like some fucking girl is doing like vigilante justice. <laughs> and you're just like, you're the <laughs> owner of that car. <laughs> Go get him. <laughs> I am... Relatively certain that that's against the law. That's bad too. Yeah, that it's cop. sloppy pl- police work all around. And then later on, it turns out Don did crack the case wide open, right? Yeah. And they're at the the police station, and all the dogs are there, and that same like deadbeat like gumshoe cop is there. Yeah, and they're like, oh. Carl Tate did this? I thought he was one of the richest men in the world. And here's what the cop says. Not anymore, said the policeman. <laughs> Apparently he's been losing a bundle on the real estate market. So he came up with a bunch of schemes to make money and shop them around. The pet store people were the first ones to bite. What they did was steal dogs to order. They'd get a customer who was looking for a Great Dane, see? <laughs> and then the next thing you know, Cheryl gets stolen, Mrs. Mancusi finished. What kind of people would steal dogs from their owners, she went on, shaking her head. What a horrible thing to do. Lucrative, though, said the policeman. (laughs) They found out there was big money in it. In fact, there was more money in stealing dogs than in running a pet store. Lots of times, they wouldn't even open the store up. And it's like, hey, bud. Yeah. This is an ongoing investigation. (laughs) I know for a fact that you're not allowed to say this kind of shit. No one's been charged for this crime yet, my man. <laughs> <laughs> and also, these they're, these are 13-year-old girls. Yeah, these are 13-year-old girls. Yeah, bad cops. They're bad at what they do. And they also say, see, like they're... Did you catch this? <laughs> yeah, see. See? Not a lot of money in real estate, see? There's not a lot of money in real estate, see? <laughs> <laughs> Man, NWA was right, and that's the name of this segment, I guess. Yeah. I don't like that this is a segment on our show. Yeah. Uh, Bad cops, not good cops. I'm glad that we haven't had to deal with them. Did they solve the phantom phone caller mystery? No. No. Did they figure out who stole Tigger? No. No. They've done nothing. Did they prevent Stacy and the crime girls from smuggling wine across state borders? Nope. No. Nope. Do they prevent uh, Charlie's girlfriend from driving like a maniac on Reefer Madness? I don't even remember that, but no. Remember when Charlie's girlfriend decided she could drive the car? Yeah, I do remember that. See? And she was high on weed? I think she was high on Reefer Madness. And she drove across state lines. I can't... What the fucking book was that? I don't remember. Baby Nation? You remember when Christy burned that man alive? See? See? <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. was the SBPD then? See? Yeah. Um, uh, have you seen the film Beastmaster? Yes. I think that's what this is based on. Okay. Beastmaster is a film yeah. about a dude 
who can command animals. He can speak with them telepathically. And he does he turn into animals too? No. Or he just kind of like commands them telepathically. He he can speak with them. He can speak with them telepathically. I just got a, a real Beastmaster vibe from this. I think that Dawn is in some ways like an opposite Beastmaster or like a reluctant Beastmaster. She like, uh, early on, she just spends, this is like new information about Dawn. She starts this whole book by being like, I hate animals. And I don't kiss them. And I won't kiss them. And by right. the end, she's like communing with them. I wonder if she's like, it's like the call rejected. Mm. Um, Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell, Hero Cycle. Hero Cycle. Um, I'm not what you would call an animal lover. I don't have a pet of my own, and I never especially want one. Oh, this made me furious. I'm a vegetarian, but it's not because I feel sorry for the cow no, or anything. Be upset about it's that. just because I didn't don't really like the taste of red meat. Fuck you, Dawn. Um, I tried to. She, my, she's, she hates animals. She hates animals. She hates them. She hates animals. In fact, she goes as far to say, like, I am glad. Yeah, that cows die. Yeah, she's happy about it. Um, but I wonder if she, like the Mancusis, has this because she has this connection. She sees like the she's the Mancusis have an iguana and it smiles. I was expecting a uh, lot more out of the iguana subplot. Yeah, there's not like a the lot deep there. D plot. Yeah, because there's a connection. Dawn yeah. and Lizzie have this like deep connection right. where Lizzie keeps smiling enigmatically right. at Dawn. Yeah, and that's similar to the film Beastmaster, which is a classic movie. Right. So Beastmaster is a movie that I love. It's a fucking great movie. I saw it as a child, and this book is based on it. Um, it's about this Beastmaster called Dar, who uh, is stolen from his mother by a witch, and the evil sorcerer Mayax um, is served by witches who prophesy that Dar will be uh, eventually the one to kill him. Dar speaks with animals, including two ferrets named Kodo and Podo, and uh, they... Uh, do a lot of karate and sword fighting and eventually they save the day. Here's a passage. The from, ferrets? Uh, everybody does. The ferrets help. The ferrets do karate in... Mm, you know, in a ferrety way. Okay. Uh, look, it's very sad what happens to the ferrets. Um, listen well, to this. I haven't seen... I. You haven't seen the movie? That's your fault. You should do your fucking homework before you... I read. think I've definitely seen the first movie. That's all you need to see. This, the other two are not really canon. Listen to this passage, Tanner. Okay. Phew, I said, wiping my forehead. This is right before Cher Cheryl is stolen. Wiping my forehead after I'd clipped the chain to her collar. You're a strong one, Cheryl. She looked at me with her head cocked and wagged her tail. Okay, I said. You stay here just for a few minutes, and I'll be out with Pooh Bear and Jacques as soon as I can. We'll take a nice long... I stopped myself before I said that... W word. Then I patted Cheryl on the head and went back inside. What is that W word, Tanner? I don't know. I think it's got to be witches. Witches. I think that it's witches, which are the main enemies in the Beastmaster universe. Okay. L okay, let me pile a little bit more onto my wall of evidence because this is all that I have. And there's only one more piece of evidence. And I think once I've Giving it to you, you're gonna agree with me that this open and shut case is an open and shut case. Ready? Yeah. Yes. Vanessa can be a little spacey sometimes. She wants to be a poet when she grows up, and she walks around in a dream world. I think she's busy figuring out things like what rhymes with rainbow. What rhymes with rainbow, Tanner? Shame ho. Frame. 
Ho. It's all ho. No, it's Kodo and Podo, which is the name of the ferrets in the sure, Beastmaster in movie. Beastmaster, yeah. Yeah. The two ferrets. Yeah. Who do karate and sword skills. And one of them dies, and that's my tearful moment. Wow. <clears throat> Once I heard of a dead Kodo. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. I didn't mean to laugh. And my mind grew weak and... What's the other one's name? Fro- uh, Podo. Podo. <laughs> Their tragic fate was writ in Martin's lore. They were but a... Couple of ferrets. Couple of ferrets. And to, and to weep... weep would be such... And we shouldn't weep, despite their merits. But instead we grin and bear it. Kodo and Podo, gone to be with Mimi. Sad goodbye, I do abhor. Tearful moments come once more. Yep, that's this is our segment where we talk about things that made us as sad. And this is specific. We haven't got into this specific before, but we will now. This is our segment where we get where we talk about things that made us as sad as we were. When we saw the scene in Beastmaster where the ferret Kodo dies to save Dar, the Beastmaster, from the clutches of the evil Mayax. And you've done yours, because that was yours. Well, I've I've got another one, but yeah. Okay. But that's my main one, is that. Let's hear yours. Everybody should have their dogs back within a few days, see? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't laugh during Cure Moment. Shannon! I heard Christy shout behind me she had just run in along with david michael they both knelt on the floor and shannon jumped all over them squirming and wriggling with joy david michael looked even happier than he had when the crashers won their game did we explain that the crashers is a yeah. portmanteau of crashers and bashers yeah i'm gonna mention it hi you guys said christy when she finally stood up there was a message at home for us to come down here i can't believe shannon's safe and sound isn't it great? We nodded, smiling. David, Michael, and Shannon were still rolling around them before. Are you girls ready to have your pictures taken? See? <laughs> Asked the police officer. What? I said. The Stony Brook News called a little while ago. See? They want to interview you and put your pictures in the newspaper. They'll be here any minute, see? <laughs> he smiled. You can use the ladies' room to clean up if you want. <laughs> That's what made you cry? Um, I think just the fact that I know that Chuck is out there yeah. and still doing okay. Chuck Winchester. Yeah, the uh, the Pulitzer Prize winning reporter for the Sony Brook News. And he's still doing okay, and he's still getting work, and he's still bringing home a paycheck. Yeah. You know, I think it's just like... That makes me it happy. It made my heart come alive. Yeah. And the stuff with Shannon and, and Christy and David Michael. Sure, sure, sure. But the Chuck Winchester stuff also made me cry. He wrote a headline this week that it's like, you can see why I won that Pulitzer Prize. Right. Dog disappearances plague towns. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, color me intrigued. Tears of joy to know that he's got work. Pay your journalists, people. Pay your journalists. Yeah. Um, I've got one. Okay. You want to hear it? Yep. Are you sure? Should I sit down? Yeah, I think... You know what, actually? Can I say this? It's yeah. weird that you have been standing the whole way through this, 
anyway. It makes me very uncomfortable. It feels like you're just trying to like tower over me. Yeah. Like lumbering with your hands like hanging, your arms like hanging loose at your side. Yeah. Like you're about to do like a boxing match or something. Just fucking right. sit down. We're do we're sit down. Relax. Okay. Sit down. Okay. Thank you. You ready? Yes. Are you sitting down? Yes. Sorry. Yes. Do you want me to sit back down? No, you're staying. Okay. <laughs> I just just stay in your seat. Stay down. Stay down. Ready? Remember when we first got Shannon? David Michael asked. He took Christie's hand for a moment as if he were a much younger kid. I'll never forget it, she answered. She was the cutest thing I'd ever seen. She made me feel happy again, even though I was so sad about Louie. Louie was a collie. He had belonged to the Thomases, and Christy and David Michael had loved him with all their hearts. Christy even has a baseball cap with a picture of a collie on it. It's one of her favorite possessions. But Louis, who was pretty old, got very sick and had to be put to sleep. This happened soon after Christy had moved into Watson's mansion. She was having a hard time fitting into her new neighborhood, and one of the reasons was that she thought the other kids who lived there were snobby. They all seemed to have beautiful pedigreed pets, and some of them made fun of scruffy old Louis. Shannon didn't replace Louis, mused David Michael, who was still gripping Christy's hand. Nobody could do that. But I sure did. Do. Love her. Here's my question for Ellen. Yeah. For Anne. For Anne. And Ellen. Why did you make us go through that again? Anne? This is actually, and this is this is now the second week in a row, where this is the first time hearing of this. Yeah. I was under the impression, I was led to believe, that Louie... Why don't to go live on a farm with Mimi? Had gone to live on a farm with Mimi. And? And it was fucking sad when it happened, and we were sad, and we went through it, and we dealt with it. I don't think I like these mysteries. No. Because they keep Thank you. sneaking these tough truths on us. Yeah. And I was not prepared for it. Yeah. And now you're telling me that Louis... <laughs> Look, I think... Here's what I think. Here's what I, I think. I think what I'm so upset about is that you lied to me. No, I agree. Here's what I'll say. In Anne's favor, it's possible if you do a deep reading, if you do a deep reading and you really, really pay close fucking attention to the novel Louis and the farm he went to go live on and he's fine. Yeah. Maybe there's a little bit of. It's like maybe. Maybe he didn't. It's maybe in there and he didn't actually go. But calling it that, strongly implying that's what happens. And then. Just having fucking Ellen do your dirty work and put it in a mystery what actually happened. Right. Is, it's fucking no good is what these it is. Mystery, it's so clear to us now that these mysteries is, are where Anne decides to like... Just air, air her, her dirty, dirty laundry. laundry. Exactly. This is where she gets it all out. Yeah. But I think we have opportunities here and it's going to be tough for us. But I think yeah. like we've got an opportunity to figure out what happened on June 10th. Yeah. I think we have an opportunity to figure out what the, where the bad stuff came from. Mm-hmm. I think all of this stuff is going to come to a head in these books, and yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. All the mysteries surrounding Anne, the, the Pete and his feet stuff. Oh, yeah. I'd love to know more about that. Would love to know more about that. Yeah. That's going to be useful. Well, you know Ellen's not going to pull any fucking punches. No. Smiles for miles, frowns for downs. She, so <sighs> Ellen this week did 
in addition to her like weird like anti anti police stuff that she kind of peppered throughout this she also i can't figure out her politics because she also has this like anti-union moment yeah the crushers and the bashers team up and they uh go and fight baseball against a baseball team in new hope no name given no name given but uh they don't allow the younger kids to play on it because they want right. to win. The introductions went on until they were suddenly interrupted by a yell on the sidelines. Unfair! Unfair! Crashes are unfair! Christy looks surprised until she turns. Yeah, bad. But you know how it is with protests. You know, you just got to get something that gets the crowd going. Christy that looks surprised. That does not get me going. Okay, should we want to fucking workshop it right now? Unfair, unfair. Crashers are unfair. Crashers are unfair. Unfair. Crashers have a cross to bear. No, that sounds like something that they're, they're dealing with. Crashers have funfair. Unfair. Unfair. Crashers have no hair. Crashers won't. What's Claire? Oh, Claire's good too. Cr- crashers should include Claire. Unfair, unfair. Crashers should include Claire. And everyone else who paid their union dues. Yeah. So how do we say that? We do too much rhyming on the show as it is. Okay, yeah, you're right. Christy looked surprised until she turned and saw who it was. Claire Pike was parading up and down the third baseline carrying a sign. Susie Barrett and Patsy Coon trailed behind her also carrying signs. The signs said things like, let us play and crashers are mean. And then they're just escorted out of the fucking stadium. By the goons. By the fucking goons. Well, no, they're offered roles on the team. Oh, yeah. Assistant. Junior assistant. Junior assistant equipment, equipment manager. manager. Come on. And that and that's supposed to pay them. That's Ellen's fucking idea right. of how to get, like, fucking pay equity. Scabs. Yeah. Scabs. Anyway, I, I don't want to criticize. You put the big inflatable rat outside of Stony Brook diamond yeah and every time anyone like some dumb idiot like media bud like walks by to go get his like schnippers for lunch or his fucking like five dollar latte right you just like yell at his face like scabs yeah and it's like is, hey i'm just going to get sh- I, I just want a schnippers like, this is a pretty i guess it's not uniquely new york but it's like th- there are some towns where that doesn't happen and there are some towns the big where inflatable rat that does happen a lot <laughs> new york <laughs> is one of them <laughs> it's, it's real it's not a i would say there's not a week that goes by in my life where i don't see a yeah. big inflatable rat somewhere <laughs> yeah which i i now realize is weird and unique to new york yeah though extremely commonplace for me right I guess a lot of you do not see a giant inflatable rat in your day-to-day lives. Yeah. Anyway, our stance on this podcast, I think, is fuck the police, bust up the unions, right? Yes. Is that it? Well, it's not our stance. It's Ann's uh, Sorry, stance. that's Ann's stance. No, and our Alan's. stance is not that. We're just messengers. Yeah. <laughs> we don't feel that way. And the only police we don't care for yeah. are the bad police who live in Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, who are part of these like true crime shows and true crime podcasts. Unless you listen to the show, and especially unless you subscribe to our Patreon, in which case... You're probably one of the good police in Minnesota. Yeah. Who cares? Do. Thank you so much. Tanner, I want to ask you a question. May I ask you this question? Yes, in the please. form of a, po- a poem that's not a question? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tom.
haunt, thou art sick. A very good bird that stings you so right. A knife that doth turn. It gets in your head, but oh so soon it will cause me to have to call a bird. That's right, it's our burn of the week. It's in the form of a gothic poem, which is how we do the mystery segments. And it took us a long time to write it, and so I hope you like it. Yeah. Uh, did you have a burn of the week this week? Yeah, I had a few. Okay. I only had one, so I hope you don't take mine. Well, tell me what yours is now, and I won't take it. Okay. Mom! I cried when I opened the front door. What's that I smell? My mother appeared in the kitchen doorway holding a bowl. It's your favorite, she said, smiling. Tofu and vegetable curry with brown rice on the side. Plus, I made some seaweed salad. Wow, I said. What's the occasion? Does there have to be an occasion? She asked. I just felt like making you a treat. Well, thanks, I said, giving her a big hug. Just then, Marianne ran in behind me. What is that smell? She asked. Did the garbage disposal back up? It's kind of a self-burn because that's your people. What do you mean? People who eat bad vegetarian food. Tofu and vegetable curry is nice for anyone. So it's... I agree. It's a burn by Marianne on Dawn's mother, but it's an unfair one. Tofu and vegetable curry is nice. And they're all fucking assholes. And then later fucking... uh, Here's... Listen to this. Listen to this. And if this doesn't make you annoyed with Marianne, nothing will. I noticed that Marianne, so fucking Dawn's mom makes lasagna as well, just because she knows that her fucking asshole, ungrateful fucking children and husband aren't going to eat her tofu curry without making jokes about the garbage truck. I noticed that Marianne ate two servings of lasagna before she even tried a tiny bite of the tofu. Well, she said after she chewed for a moment, it's different. Then she put down her fork. I guess I'm full. Thanks for making it, though, Sharon. Good old sensitive Marianne. She always does her best to make people feel good. I disagree that that is someone doing their fucking best. <laughs> um, what's your book? You want mine? Yeah. Dawn sees Mrs. Mancusi walking all of her dogs. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, fuck, it's Mrs. Mancusi. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Mrs. Mancusi is like talking to all her dogs because yeah. she like is like obsessed with her dogs. Yeah, I just stood there shaking my head. I mean, why talk to dogs? It's not like they can talk back, can they? And there's no way those dogs could have understood a word Mrs. Mancusi said. Well, maybe Jacques could. He could understand one word, ball, but that's about it. Mrs. Mancusi waved to me. Hi, Don. She called. I waved back but I didn't walk any closer to her because I didn't really have time to talk. Not that she'd want to talk to me, but Pow was with me, and I figured she might want to have a long conversation with him. Ha! <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> she likes talking to dogs. She likes to talk to dogs. She and her husband are hoarding animals because they're doing crazy Island of Dr. Moreau-style experiments and they're also eating the animals yeah my second one came in the so dawn insists that everyone keep crime journals mm-hmm. in this book which is smart yeah so everyone like tracks this green car and they keep tabs on like 
Carl Taint. Yeah. And they're all like keeping these journals and they're very boring. Except for this one. Dawn and Marianne are staked out together. We hid across the street from the new pet store and watched for hours. At first, nothing happened. People went in. The people came out. One lady bought a Maine Coon kitten. That's when Marianne almost blew our cover. She wanted to run across the street and pet it. I had to hold her back. (laughs) (laughs) I like it when Marianne is briefly relatable. <laughs> I appreciate Marianne it. almost blew this whole like <laughs> stakeout operation because she was like, "Oh my god, what a cute kitten!" and like busts out of like the the flower van that they were like staked out in. <laughs> and it's a fucking international dog thieves. Like this could be bad. These are desperate people. <laughs> um, my only thing that I want to briefly touch on before we uh, get the fuck out of here, Tanner is the fact that Claudia's trying to get high by licking dogs. <laughs> Explain. This is just from one of it's just from one of the handwriting chapters. Does that work? Well, I think it must. Uh it's, it's in Claudia's handwriting at the beginning of the journal. I licked that one big brown dog that was chase that was chassing sticks. What was his name again? <laughs> I mean, it's worth trying. I my so my dog is a little neurotic. Do you try to? You just, I think. Well, you, yeah. lick, you just lick their back. So he licks me a lot. Oh, so he's trying to get high by licking you. It's an anxiety release for him. Well, next time we take a plane together, because I get anxious on planes. No one's ever tried it except Hercules. Yeah. So it must, it, but it works for him. Yeah. But every now and then I get fed up with him licking me all the time, and yeah. what I do is I grab him and I say, "I'm gonna lick you." <laughs> yeah. And then I lick, I lick him. Yeah. And I'm usually, my, my state is altered in some way, usually anyway. Yeah. So it's hard to tell, you know, over the high or over the, the stupor of the drunkenness, whether or not licking Hercules has any effect. Are you admitting on the air to the baby nation that sometimes when you lick your dog, you're drunk? <laughs> What I would say is sometimes I'm drunk, okay, and sometimes I lick my dog. But it just seems irresponsible. If you're going to be licking your dog, you shouldn't be impaired. What I do is I get drunk. Yeah. Okay. I lick my dog. Yeah. But it's a combination. I get behind the wheel of a forklift. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I lift dangerous loads. Yeah. Dangerously heavy and unbalanced loads. Yeah. And I move them like lo- further across like a big storeroom or warehouse yeah then i should yeah you know what i mean yep no and I that's just what makes me feel fucking alive <laughs> wow you know wow and so i think that we have answered the question of this podcast which is what is the worst crime <laughs> <laughs> there's so many victims and you've crime. done it everybody's a victim the dog me you the person who runs that warehouse yeah whoever hired you yeah bad bad crime person Tanner, let's leave. Okay. Okay. I'm Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Green Ring. Listen, Baby Nation, thank you for listening to our show. Please do subscribe to our Patreon. It's only $5 a month. There's a whole brand new show. It's about Karen's little sister. We're having it's a better ton of than fun. This one. We sing the descriptions. It's good and great. 
please take a moment, subscribe, check it out. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can binge a bunch of back episodes. It comes out every week. Um, you know what I just realized? What? It's my week to sing this description. Yeah, well, you better work on it. Did not prepare. The, the break between now and when we record that episode. <laughs> If you would like to buy our excellent and lovely merch, you should do so, and you can do so at bit.ly slash merch. Um, we've got a B-Theory shirt. We've got a Bread Theory shirt. We've got a Prezioso Boys basketball shirt. Probably more shirts We've soon. got a Ghostwriter shirt. We've got more shirts coming, and we also People have... People at DFTBA keep, certainly keep bothering us to make more shirts. Yeah, so we should I'm do sure that we soon. soon. We've got pins and a tote. Rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already. It helps us to rise through the rankings. Baby Nation, this week we read a novel that was called Dawn and the Disappearing Dogs. Next week, we're going to be reading a little book called Jesse and the Jewel Thieves. Mm. That sounds dangerous. I wonder if it's the same people who've been stealing these fucking dogs. We never found out who did it, see? I wonder if it's the phantom phone caller, see? <laughs> um, that's something to look forward to, Baby Nation. I, this week, have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring, as always. Great. Claudia's wearing a bra now. The way she talks. You would think that boys had just, just been, been invented. invented. I recall you and I used to work at a major media company together. Yeah. And I recall that for some time, your official literal title. official title mm-hmm. at major media company mm-hmm. was Beastmaster. Yeah. And then, because I ran the animal section at major media company, and then when I finally hired a deputy, I f- forced her, against her wishes, to accept the title Beastmaster 2 through the portal of time. <laughs> that was a headgum podcast.